0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Youth, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Monday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast. A lot to get to on a Monday, but there is one overarching topic we're going to touch on today. Brian, what could that be? It was
2: Christmas come April, Jake. It was the red and white game, and for a very starved for football fan base, it was a bright hope in what's been a very long, dark tunnel into the spring.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're going to kind of give you guys our takeaways from the spring game. There's plenty to break down off of a four-quarter 10-minute quarter scrimmage. We'll break it all down ahead on today's show, but we also do need to talk about the Red Rocks, one of their highest finishes at the NCAA Championships in women's gymnastics in recent history. We'll cover all of that ahead on today's show. Today's show, our title sponsor is Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order, and you can enjoy the best-tasting protein bars anywhere. We love having them on board. All right, Brian, what do you say? Should we get going here? Uh, let's get ready to podcast let's do it this is the locked on utes podcast for april 19th 2021 Once again, welcome into Locked On Utes, your daily podcast focused on the Utah Utes. My name is Jay Catch. That over across from me, virtually via Zoom, socially distanced and all, is my good friend Brian Brown, my co-host here. Brian, how are you, my friend?
2: I'm vaxxed and waxed and ready to go, Jake.
1: Nicely done. All right, a lot to get to ahead on today's show, but a reminder real quick right off the top, make sure if you haven't done so already, if you're new to this podcast, just checking us out, hit that follow button wherever you might be listening in from, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, even the brand-new Odyssey app. No matter where you're tuning in from, make sure to join us every single day as we get you guys up to speed on everything you need to know as a Utah fan. Getting going here on a Monday. Let's talk about the big news of the weekend. And that's our, finally our first chance as both media and fans to have seen the Utah football program playing football. And, Brian, your initial takeaways from this. What did, what did you take away overall from that afternoon out there at Rice-Eccles Stadium besides the fabulous South End Zone edition?
2: I mean, that was clearly the most important part of the game because the on-the-field action wasn't really um, – uh, as enticing as I expected it to be, you know, I, I think there was, it's very clear that Coach Winningham is confident in a lot of the aspects on his team, and so there were a lot of players that didn't play uh, it, throughout the spring game. It was good to see, I think the biggest takeaway is that it was good to finally see all the guys that we've never been able to see, right? Correct. Charlie Brewer, TJ Pledger, Chris Curry, uh, and and then see where some of the lower uh, lower, uh I don't want to say lower level, because they're not lower level. They're, they're proud employees over there at the University of Utah football program, um, where some of the second and third team guys uh, had been developing. It. And, and where you know, where the holes are as this team progresses forward.
1: Yeah, and that's actually a very good point there because there were a lot of guys held out of this uh, out of the scrimmage. Nick Ford was one of those guys. Uh, essentially, anybody who is an upperclassman, has been an established member of this program, was held out outside of Britton Covey. That was kind of the one guy that I noticed out there, Brian, that was out there playing. And it was good to see Britton out there. He continues to just kind of be that safety blanket, a quarterback's best friend on the field when he's running routes. Uh, I did – I have to acknowledge right up front that Charlie Brewer folks, I think he showed everybody exactly why the coaching staff has been so high on him. He enjoyed a perfect – yeah, go ahead. I was gonna
2: say he's he's got to be the front runner for the Heisman. He's definitely gonna be a first round pick. <laughs> There's no one in history, Jake, that goes perfect in a spring game and doesn't do all
1: that right. Uh, yeah, sure. We'll we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, but but I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say to go fifteen of fifteen. That's tough to do, no matter what you're doing. You could do that against air and go 14 of 15. So it was a very impressive performance from him, slinging the ball all over the yard. It was fun to see Utah really kind of air it out. That's something that I think many people wondered going into the spring game, Brian, was if Utah was going to throw the ball, if it was just going to be a lot of handing the ball off, let these new running backs kind of get their fill of things. But I think we were shown Saturday that they're going to open the playbook up a little bit because they trust Charlie Brewer to make the right reads, and he proved that, yes, he's a very capable passer.
2: Well, and I think that was by design, right? I think that part of it was Kyle Whittingham probably wanting to silence whatever whispers may have been going on either in the media or behind other doors about whether or not they were being – honest about the assessments of Charlie Brewer, which they clearly were. I think the other part of it too, Jake, is that this was very much an opportunity for Utah to showcase to any potential future Utes that we do want to throw the football. And it's been an issue. And I think that the exodus from the team at the wide receiver position via the transfer portal has definitely made it apparent to Kyle Whittingham that they have to find ways to showcase the passing game or the throw game, if you will, uh, to use one of Witt's favorite nomenclatures. And they did just that. It was a very proficient uh, attack. I think Charlie Brewer looked everything the part of a fifth-year senior quarterback who has thrown for over 9,000 yards. I don't know if you knew that or not, Jake. It's a very <laughs> new stat, <laughs> along with Matt Harpering playing football Good and point. Britton Covey. Being uh what a 18th year senior,
1: just being a junior for the first time, you know, like yeah. for the fifth time over, yeah, good, good times, all that mm-hmm. stuff is stuff that's new information, revelatory information. There's no doubt about that, but yeah, actually,
2: I'm a little I'm like, a little concerned that Britton Covey might not be eligible next year as he starts <laughs> to collect Social Security, apparently.
1: Oh, a- so. AARP is already in contact with him. Is that what you're saying? That's <laughs> what it sounded like on the
2: uh, on the mic'd up segments with, with Covey. But uh, I think that was a big part of it, too, was was being able... You saw good flashes from Kane Savage, from Money Parks. Uh, Dalton Kincaid is is clearly going to be a factor. It was good to see Tanya Lapututau catch a uh, pass mm-hmm. as well. I don't think that there was too much in terms of, uh, let, let, let's say... Uh, stick-to-itiveness in terms of what actually constituted a sack, right?
1: <laughs> sure. Uh, obviously, Brewer was the only guy who was off-limits outside the punter. He was wearing that white mm-hmm. uniform, and he got away with some every so often when it seemed like a defensive end would have been right in his grill had it been live action. But nonetheless, we'll talk more about what we want to see improved upon here in a moment. Uh, one guy I wanted to mention as well is another guy from the passing game that broke out, Devon Velle. I think there's a lot of people who saw what he did in this spring, uh, spring game and were like, wow, he was another guy that the coaching staff had mentioned multiple times and he proved that the smoke that was being kind of put out there about him, it's legit. This kid can play.
2: And he's been showcasing that even two years ago when he was first to walk on here at the University of Utah. Uh, What's been the issue is him finding the field. The first year as a freshman, he was injured for most of the season, was only able to appear in four games, one of which he started versus Colorado. And then last year, obviously, a very stacked wide receiver core in only five games. Vele was not going to find the field very much in that regard. But he is a, a credible weapon. I think what really looked much more impressive out of him was his ability to get off of coverage and create separation. That's been the issue, is that when he goes up against those top tier uh, Pac 12 DBs, he wasn't able to get separation. And he did that a couple different times. You know, there was one pass that had uh, Jaquindon Jackson put a little bit yeah. more in. And granted, it was his very first pass. Of the game, so we're going to cut him some slack on that one. But if he puts a little bit more underneath it, Uh, Vele probably gets another touchdown um so it was uh, good to see him emerge like i said there is good talent there we didn't get to see a ton um of some of the other wide receivers i think ben renfro made one catch if i'm not mistaken uh so it wasn't by any stretch you know uh, just like an absolute exclamation point on you know the wide receiver position in terms of where it's at. I think what it what it showcases is the fact that there are guys there, but. There is definitely a need for more talent, right?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And the nice part was, it was just fun to finally see them out there on the field. I know there were sixty five hundred fans in attendance. The South End Zone complex looks absolutely phenomenal. The Ken Garf uh, family, the the performance zone that they're going to have their name on there in the South End Zone is phenomenal. I think just my overall takeaway, Brian, it was fun to see football being played in front of fans at RES once again.
2: And I think the fans were just elated to be there. The players were excited about it. Coach Whittingham was excited about it. It was a great opportunity to get, as we come out of this whole mess of a pandemic, that, that things are really, truly starting to turn a corner and, and that if we can... Continue to do what we've been doing, that we will be able to have a packed house at Rice Eccles in the fall.
1: Yeah, that's what we're looking forward to. All right, coming up here in a minute, we'll talk about what we want to see improve. The stuff that maybe wasn't so good from the spring game, we'll touch on all of that in just a few moments. Let's take a minute, though, and talk about our good friends at Bet Online, Brian. That is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. I know you've been a pretty active user there on Bet Online. How are things going recently for you?
2: look Jake that's why I'm at betonline.ag is because it continually brings me back in with the ease of use with the variety of bets I get to experiment with all sorts of different things you and I have dipped into the FCS pool a little bit Mm -hmm. the FCS playoff is coming up so there's another chance to make some skittles and it being spring everybody needs a little extra skittles in their pocket
1: absolutely Um, there's no doubt about that you also can bet on NBA hoops if you're interested in that Major League Baseball NHL the best part is Brian if you are a a reality TV fan, you like watching the award shows that go on this time of year, there's prop bets on all of that even. They've got it all covered for you guys at Bet Online. Real-time updated odds on props on almost anything you can imagine. And Brian and I will both tell you right up front, if there is not a prop bet you can find on Bet Online, all you gotta do is ask and they'll probably create it for you. That's
2: the best part about it as well. And unfortunately, all the props that I was hoping to throw out for the spring game were eliminated by the fact that most of my favorite offensive linemen were not able to participate. But hey, that's the reality of the game, and just like with those live odds being updated, Bet Online is going to keep you updated with all the live odds for everything else too.
1: Yeah, so go to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today. That's BetOnline.ag and receive a fifty percent welcome bonus upon your first deposit using the promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N. Fifty percent added on to whatever you deposit for free. Courtesy of our friends at Bet Online, as they are your online sportsbook experts. Folks, of course, it is NFL Draft time and the Locked On Podcast Network that you covered from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, which just debuted today, presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Also, make sure you follow the Locked On NFL Draft and Draft Dudes Podcast for the latest draft news. And, of course, stay tuned for more info about our live day one draft coverage as well. We're going to have plenty going on. With that all right, Brian, continuing on with here with our spring ball recap for the Utes let's talk a little bit about what we saw that wasn't so good from this spring game and what we'd like to see improved and I think both of you the second we connected on this call, we immediately talked about it. there are concerns for this offensive line
2: there are and, and to be fair to what we saw there was a walk on. Uh, starting at right guard for the red team, mm-hmm. Braden Daniels was playing center because both Nick Ford and Orlando Umana were out. Sure, so there was some, you know, mix and match going on in terms of who actually was was able to play. We didn't see Jaron Kump. Uh, you know, I think he's highly anticipated to be back there, but the issue that I had primarily was that we have seen some of these guys for now going on two and three years in the program, and the lack of development, and and in some respects and I have to be careful here, right? Because with the policy that coach Whittingham has of never reporting on injuries, it puts us at a major disadvantage when we make these evaluations. But some of these guys are not progressing down the pipeline and especially on the edge and on the outside, the tackles looked really vulnerable and it's been a position. That's been an issue. We felt like it was going to be a little bit more solidified with Jaron Camp. That remains to be seen in the fall because again, we haven't seen him yep. at all this season and, and the hope and the anticipation that is that he's improved. But there needs to be some development and there needs to be some uh, leadership and some accountability taken by some of those guys on the outside to really develop. Or Utah may need to find another solution. We you mentioned there was the uh, possibility of maybe moving Nick Ford out there. I that's a tough one, right? Because I it think the tough. versatility yeah. the versatility and his athleticism on the inside, his his smarts, you know, the one thing that he is really good at is getting cross face and that's where the defenders in front of you and you can get across literally across their face because unconventional to most people's football thoughts, <laughs> offensive linemen aren't just driving straight up field. You're creating movement by going side to side.
1: Yeah. And And Nick's really good at that. And that and that's the concern right there is because we have seen Nick play tackle early on in his Utah career and was very effective out on the edge. He he proved that he can play anywhere along the offensive line. But what you're talking about here, Brian, is you lose him on the interior, you lose a weapon on the interior of that offensive line when you have to move him out to the outside. One guy that I was intrigued by, and I'm seeing uh, signs of him progressing, but it's just it's not there yet, is Bam Olaseni. And the thing about Bam is he looks every bit the, the part of what should be a future NFL tackle, in my opinion. He just looks the part. The problem is he gets beat far too often, it feels like, to be a guy that they can rely on and just put out there and say, you know what, we're not going to worry about you. And it goes for the other tackles, like you mentioned, in this game. Yes, there were some plays there for uh, Charlie Brewer where uh, that whistle sack did not come when it seemed like a defensive end in real time would have had him on the ground. That That's just my personal opinion, having watched the game. But there is a concern with this tackle unit that they need to have some development during this summer period, or like you mentioned, they're going to face some really, really tough opposition when it comes to the fall.
2: And the hope, the hope is that with, especially with Bam, he's been a much hyped, must you know, much anticipated uh, arrival. He is excellent in the run game. Yeah, but that's never been the issue with Utah, it really, in, in being able to get hats on hats and and get movement and create seams. And now you've got three really almost elite level running backs in the backfield that can really do some work. Where I think things have really become more apparent in my mind is that. The guys with the athleticism at tackle are not using it, or else they're undersized. You know, we saw Falcon Kamatouli, who's a converted tight end out of Bishop Gorman in in Vegas, and he's a guy that has that athleticism. But anytime he tried to take somebody on straight to the chest, it was, you know, right back into the quarterback because he didn't quite have the size, right? And what we've seen with Bam, he has improved. You know, there is some growth there, but he's got to learn to be uh, full speed. Or full tempo throughout the play, throughout the series, throughout everything. I think he's improved. The hope is always with guys who, when they start to show progress in spring games, in the fall, they really ramp it up and take it all the way to the top. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that you can necessarily bank on hope with this unit, because we've done that for two years now, and that's where it gets iffy. I think Braden Daniels at guard is fine. I think Sato Laumea is a great addition. You know, he he plays with an energy and an aggressiveness that I absolutely love. And if you put those two with Nick Ford, who is an excellent communicator, that's a really reliable interior. And so you can be happy and, and hopeful about that. But it's still your edges that, you know, they ran some basic stunts and there were guys getting confused.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the concern right there. Is it wasn't this was not a full game plan defensively for Utah. There, there was a lot of base coverage, base sets, maybe a twist here every now and then. But it was just like it seemed like it was a field day for some guys sometimes on that edge. So that is a concern there. Uh, So we'll see what happens with this offensive line. They got plenty of work to do in that department. Brian, where else did you have any uh, concerns with regards to what we saw on Saturday?
2: You know, it was a little bit surprising me to Jake because it's a group that I really have had high expectations. For a while, but some of the young secondary in the second and third teamers looked a little lost at times. We saw guys get loose. We saw a couple penalties back there, uh, you, you know. And and some of that is just that Utah demands and asks so much of their DBs. And we've heard Morgan scally talk about the fact that they're going to play more man coverage right now, and that that's going to put some of those guys out on an island in in regards to what they have to do. And so you're going to see some of those bumps. But I was for as good as the first team is they're going to need some of those guys to step up and play a little bit more reliably.
1: Yeah. No, there's no doubt about that. And that, that, And the thing about the spring game is we all need to acknowledge that this is something that we this is the only time we got to see these guys play. So it could have simply been a bad day. That that's the one thing about it, Brian, is it simply could have been that's the one day that they had a bad practice. It was the fifteenth practice of the spring period. The other fourteen might have been fantastic, but because we as the media and the fans out there at large, it was our only chance to see this go down in person, that's the only thing we can go off of is just what we saw in that one practice. 100%.
2: 100 percent and and it's I think that's the downside to closing things off is now that you're gonna have all these people being all these players being scrutinized based off of one game it was the first time playing in front of fans in over a year so there's a lot of factors that I think go into that it's been a long year for everybody and let alone these guys who have had to deal with all these covid protocols and in the changes to the program and and say what you want about how you adjust and move on it's still difficult if you can't go talk to your homies face to face, you know.
1: Yeah, well that's that's a big part right there. Is, yeah, just there's so much different right what's going on right now and we'll have to see what happens uh, with regards to obviously this fall. The hope is yeah, everybody is vaccinated or we get to that quote unquote herd immunity status where we can all be out there at these games, full capacity crowds. That's what we're all looking forward to this fall. That's the biggest thing I think to take away from this is the hope that we're looking forward now after a year that's just been extremely tough, I think for all parties whether you're a player with utah a coach a fan a media member like brian and myself there's just so much that's weighing on all of us and the hope is that this fall we get back to more of a quote-unquote normal existence all right brian any other takeaways from the spring game before we kind of say goodbye to that and turn our attention to other topics at hand
2: yeah, I, I think it's very evident that there's a lot of talent on this team and the expectations are very high, both from within the program and on the outside, and, and understandably so. I think what we saw with Charlie Brewer, this team's going to need to make some development and make some strides over the summer, and that's a good thing. You never want to be perfect in April. You want to be perfect in December and January. Uh, but this team is on, an, on, a, on a mission, and it is very clear, and there are guys who are – poised and ready to break out. And so your hope and your anticipation is that everybody stays healthy and you can jump off uh, that very first week against Weber State and roll through whatever – was it 14, 15 weeks of the season? Is that – 14 this year?
1: I believe so. I think you are correct yeah. in that. But yeah. the, the nice part is we're looking forward to this, Brian. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm with you. We I think we saw Saturday. There's plenty of talent. And if Charlie Brewer is as good as he showed in that spring game – Man, Utah could have a really, really good quarterback on their hands, at least a steady hand at that position, which really could help them. And it's not to say that uh, that the other quarterbacks on the roster aren't going to have their opportunity to unseat him, but I think it's very clear right now that he is far and away the lead guy of this unit.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. And I think we saw some fun glimpses from... Peter Castelli, he clearly sure. has some athleticism and, and some ability at the quarterback position, just incredibly raw, and I think you saw that a lot in some of his decision-making, where he is still trying to figure out how to play more of a nuanced uh, quarterback position, you know, and Jaquin and Jaquindon Jackson, I think the tools are all there um, in terms of athleticism, now it's, can you make it into a quarterback, so...
1: Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. All right, Brian, we'll switch gears and talk about the Red Rocks as we round out this Monday edition of the show and catch up on some other notes involving the Utes, but a fantastic showing for the women's gymnastics program at the NCAA Championships. We'll recap that here in just a moment. Let's take a minute, though, and talk about Built Bar. Of course, you guys have heard us talk about this company for it seems like ages now, but Brian and I both absolutely love Built Bars. The best part about them is they are soft and easy to chew. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They taste like a candy bar and you will not believe how healthy they are for you considering how good they taste
2: it's become my favorite dessert jake we've talked about some of the varieties i like to go with my built bar charcuterie board Mm -hmm. the mix and match i've kind of backed off that lately because they've got so many good flavors that sometimes it's just better to enjoy them one-on-one but the best part about it is is that you can be confident if you need that that sweet fix This is a good alternative with plenty of good whey protein, uh, low carb, low calorie, and it'll be a much healthier alternative for that or a great way to keep you going if you want to, you know, take a little snack.
1: Yeah, that's the best part about it. Is it's just it's a fantastic addition to your diet no matter where you might be at, guys. So check it out. You can go to BuiltBar.com right now, learn more about them. Over 20 different flavors, both nut and non-nut flavors. And those of you who may have a nut allergy can rest easy. All of their non-nut flavored bars are made in nut-free facilities so you can be Have that peace of mind knowing that they're being as safe as possible with regards to that concern. While you're at BuiltBar.com, though, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. Save some significant money on the best-tasting protein bars out there. Brian and I are huge fans. We think you guys will be too, so check it out. That's BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order and enjoy the best-tasting protein bars anywhere. Folks, today through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey. It features analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason La and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team are making trades and picking the next stars for their team. Search out the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y-O. Odyssey. Alright Brian as we round out this Monday edition of the show gotta tip our cap to the Red Rocks they battled and I absolutely have mad respect for this program. I think they showed that they're going to be yet again a player for the foreseeable future with a third place finish at the NCAA Championships
2: It was a great effort and I think they really put you know everything they could into the performance and uh, they can walk out of there with their heads held high but uh, the highest performance of the season you know in, in the national championship that's really all you can ask and this this group felt like they had potential to be a national champion uh and getting up on the podium I think is is really something to be proud of at the same time it does feel like that national championship has continued to elude Utah gymnastics for one more year but you never know
1: Yeah, at some point I think they're going to break through. I think that's pretty clear. But they did collect its best finish at the NCAA Championships since 2015 with that 197.9875. We went to the fourth decimal point in this one, Brian. But it was their highest score at the NCAA Championships in history, which is crazy enough to think about considering some of the great teams that have been at Utah in the past. But it was a good showing all the same. The nice part is that most of this program is going to come back intact next year, Brian. And I think that with that, another year of seasoning under them, There's no reason to think that they can't make another run at the national title, and I'm still of the opinion that Utah is going to break through at some point here. I know I saw on social media, the, the and you and I have both talked about it. dipping our toes in gymnastics Twitter. Is just a, it's a whole new experience for us. I looked a little bit at it over the weekend during this. There are some Utah fans who are a little disgruntled that Utah has not been able to break through as of late when it comes to winning another national title. But, man, I am still convinced that at some point here in the relatively near future, Utah is going to be back on top of the gymnastics world
2: without a doubt i think this team had its strength and it was clearly the beam all year they posted a 49.700 it's the highest beam score in the history uh, uh at the ncaa's um and so there are a lot of strengths as they move forward this is still a pretty young team uh i think it was uh sydney pointed out uh soloski that they hadn't had one single COVID case all year and and so there is a lot of dedication to that and I think there's a lot to be proud of with this squad. I think any program that does well and gets you know, a top four, top five finish needs to be applauded in the year of COVID because, as we've seen, nothing's really gone according to plan, even though things do start to feel like they're getting back to normal now. Did anybody expect Baylor to blow Gonzaga out in the national championship game? Nope. No. Nobody expected us, the Pac-12, to get, what, five teams into the Elite Eight? Or, or how many was it, four
1: it was four into the Elite Eight, and we had one mm-hmm. make the Final Four with UCLA.
2: Right, and they were a bucket away from getting into the National Championship. So yep. any of you who stood up and saw that one coming, perhaps you're in the wrong business unless you are located in Vegas right now in, in one of those grand uh, Taj Mahal-style mansions that they got out there next to Mike Tyson and his tiger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But the, the the good news is that this program continues to show that they are a national player. That's the good news about it. So uh, congratulations on another solid season to the Utah women's gymnastics programs. Uh, we'll see the Red Rocks back out there relatively quickly here and hoping that they have another great season next year. Brian, one other note before we go here, this is on my end, this is the other note that I want to touch on today, is congratulations to the Utah men's golf program. They finished in a tie for sixth place at the Thunderbird Collegiate after shooting 22 under, which is the third lowest team score on record at Utah. They have now claimed five straight top 10 team finishes as a golf program. But more importantly, junior Blake Tomlinson had a great tournament, capturing his share of his third career tournament and the second of the season. He finished in a three way tie for medalist honors, becoming the second player under the direction of head coach Garrett Clegg to win multiple tournament titles in one season. So I tip my cap to Coach Clegg and the rest of Utah men's golf program and especially to blake tomlinson
2: yeah 1200 par for the to tie for the lowest 54 hole individual score on record at utah and and the incredible part about it was that he just he was behind and closed out on 11 straight holes mm-hmm. in order to come back and tie for the win uh, great local product shout out to the east bench of salt lake city i'm not going to mention the high school because it's Deep in my Highland High School core, I can't talk about that school with those blue and gold colors and those eagle claws that they like to throw up in the fourth quarter. But a really strong effort for for Blake, a junior uh, at the University of Utah, who seems to just really be getting better and better all throughout the season.
1: Yeah, that's the good news is is there's – I think there's talent uh, being put in place by Coach Clegg, and I think Utah – yeah, I know that uh, there's a certain other school down south, as we'll go with on this podcast, that has had the run of the state in golf uh, for the majority of the state's history when it comes to collegiate golf, but I think there are some good things happening with this Utah men's golf program. That new facility, I think, is going to pay major dividends, and looking forward to seeing Coach Clegg continue to build with this program.
2: Yeah, it's weird what happens when you finally run out of summer haze, huh? <laughs> Shh,
1: that's not that's not to be discussed here, Brian. Come on. All right. Anyways, uh, Brian, any other thoughts from you before we go here on a Monday?
2: Uh, tough road series for the Utah baseball program as they drop three in a row at UCLA to a very good UCLA team. They'll bounce back and take on uh, UVU at down there in in Orem. So good luck to the the Ping and Utes. We'll try and keep people updated, especially now as most of the big sports have started to wrap up. And then, uh, yeah, that's, that's it for me, Jake. It's another great week to be a Ute, and we're off and rolling.
1: Yeah, we are off and rolling. We'll be with you guys every day throughout the week. We'll t- continue to bring some of the topics, the sights, the sounds, some of the audio from Utah Spring Bowl we'll touch on later this week, different topics branching off of that. We'll have that covered for you guys. And we'll just continue to have you up to date on everything going on with the Pac-12 as well. There is plenty to talk about. We can promise you guys that. You will never be at a lack for information when it comes to this podcast. So make sure to follow us on social media. Follow the show at LockedOnUtes. Follow Brian and all of his fantastic work at Brown Bear S. If you'd like to get my thoughts on matters with the sports, my work, all that, I am at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. Also, feel free to reach out via email as well. LockedOnUtes at gmail.com is the email address. Brian, send us out with some thoughts on our way out the door.
2: Jake, it's a great day to make it a great day. Be well, do well, stay well, Utah fans, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.
1: All right, that's it. This is the this has been the Locked On Utes podcast for April 19th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys manana.